Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? What's up, nerds, and welcome to another episode of the Multiverse Report. We're here this time to discuss everything Ahsoka Tano, from Sheely to the unknown regions and everywhere in between. You may notice that I'm not Mike Gibson. He's taking the night off. He's got some conflicts. We did bring in a, uh, a special guest, Mr. Tom Babcock, a uh, good friend of the pod, good friend of me for many years. Uh, also, a uh, crazy Star Wars aficionado, including getting deep into some of the legend stuff that we're going to tap into to, to give you an Ahsoka preview. So uh, how are we doing, Tom? I'm doing great, Steve. Happy to be here. I'm super excited. Uh, always love when the show, you know, moves up uh, to two days ahead uh, or one day ahead, <laughs> yeah. I should say, but a two parter and one day ahead. That'll be fantastic to see coming out tomorrow night. Yeah, it's crazy to think that it's already on us. Uh, I was uh, trying to make plans and figure out how Wednesday was going to work. And now I have to shift things to figure out how Tuesday is going to work because I know there's no way I'm avoiding spoilers. So. Yep. And it confused the crap out of me with one of the posts, I think, on Twitter had it when they announced it. Yep. They like linked it as, I think it might have even been from Star Wars account, linked it as like 6 p.m. Pacific time. So I was like, one, <laughs> two. I was like, okay, got yeah, it. Got, got it. What, uh, <laughs> I had to do carry, the math. Carry the three and, oh, jeez. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so, so 9 p.m. tomorrow, uh, the aforementioned Ahsoka series on Disney Plus will drop. Um, Ahsoka Tano, much beloved character. Uh, you can actually, uh, if you'd like, head down to Funky Town Comics and Vinyl and uh, get the first ever comic appearance of her in a uh, issue, a Star Wars Clone Wars number one issue from Dark Horse Comics that I've been eyeing for years that there's no chance I will get my hands on. But uh, <laughs> check out our friends and sponsors down at Funky Town Comics if you're interested in uh, in grabbing that. And uh, I got a hunch the price on that's going nowhere but up uh, after this drops since Ahsoka is oh, an yeah. extremely beloved character for very good reason. And uh, I don't know, oh um, I guess maybe we start with like a, a personal tale where like, were you were you there when uh, Clone Wars originally dropped? Like when we, we talk series know? or movie? Oh, uh, movie. Because <laughs> because movie would be when you had Ahsoka. I mean, it was one of those that was 2000. And oh gosh, no, I can't remember. I wrote it down yeah. earlier, but 2007, Seven, I want to say no, something like that. Yep. But it was. Uh, so that was that was uh, college time, and I think I I just remember I don't know if I was just oblivious to it or if I was just kind of in an ebb in my kind of arc of fandom, but yep. I just don't even remember it coming into theaters. I don't remember the theatrical release. I remember no. Uh, I remember when the series dropped on um, Cartoon Network, and I also remember the DVD release of the movie. So I yeah, have it, I would I have say, it on DVD. I would say I saw the series first yep. and then found out that there was a movie afterward. I completely agree. And it was so I went into it with out knowing about the sky guy kind of stuff. The sky guy is so good from the movies. Yep. Um, and it just kind of hopped in there and and. You know, so for me, it was interesting as a fan, and I'm sure other people went through this as well. There was not that hatred of Ahsoka, at least for me personally, that I feel like some fans had initially. Right. Where they felt she was a really annoying character. I think that uh, I went into it was just like, oh, she's another, 
you know, just another, another ad- addition to the crew. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, for anyone who is living under a rock and doesn't know, Ahsoka Tano is uh, the Padawan of one Anakin Skywalker. Uh, never mentioned in any of the live action, never mentioned anything, a pure creation of uh, George Lucas and Dave Filoni in the Clone Wars series. Um, the The story goes that Lucas at one point came to Filoni and said, just flat out said, well, uh, Anakin's got a Padawan, and f- or did, said something about like, did you write anything about uh, Anakin's Padawan? And Filoni said, Anakin doesn't have a Padawan. And Lucas, in his ever-present Lucasness, was like, yeah, he does. And that was about it. <laughs> he does and now. He just ran. He does today. Uh, so Ahsoka Tano has become uh, a bit of a uh, talisman for all things uh, in under the uh, the new Filoni verse. Um, she's kind yep. of she's kind of his. I guess prime creation and has become, dare I say my favorite or close to my favorite Jedi um, over the course of going from a, as Tom mentioned, annoying character in the clone wars uh, who, you know, I I never had any disdain, but it was like her purpose was to be that annoying foil, that young, like mischievous uh, snips, if you will, always talking back Mm -hmm. to Anakin, always getting the last word in. Um, and you know, that relationship developing, watching the growth in the character and then watching ultimately what we get in the latter end of Clone Wars and into Rebels where she's, she comes into her own, no longer a Jedi, uh, but one of the, one of the most powerful force users around and, uh, we'll see where this goes in this series. Yeah. I mean, I think. You make a good point, and I'm trying to think as you were as you were mentioning, you know, her development. I mean, in terms of the Jedi that we see on screen, either in TV or movies, I mean, she's got to be in the top three or four for most screen time in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, I mean, you're you're thinking Anakin, Luke, Obi Wan, yeah, probably Ahsoka Tano. Yeah, and Anakin, Luke, and Obi Wan only, and well, Anakin and Obi Wan only edge her out because of their appearance in the Clone Wars. So right, it's, and it's, so I mean, I, you could almost argue that Luke is in on screen or involved. I mean, not including movies, but is uh, is in. Yeah, he's been involved in much less Star Wars. He's he's been in many fewer Star Warses than uh, Ahsoka. Has Star War Eye. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and but yeah, I mean, you think thing. about it. You, she was she was in existence in terms of the timeline. I, I was writing it down, so I just wanted to grab it. She was. Her character existed 22 years. Her first appearance was 22 years before the Battle of Yavin. So 22 years before original Star Wars. So if you think about that, so you've got 22 years leading up to that. Then you've got the timeline that we're roughly going to see here is got to be, what, seven, eight, nine Uh, years after? Yeah, I think we're... Um, I think we're in like 13, 13 years after 13 BBY. Yeah, or, uh, maybe, maybe it's even longer, but oh, yeah, yeah it, might, it might be 13 see, BBY rather than, okay, that makes more sense. So then, yeah, so, so you're talking about a character that has spanned in terms of the unit, you know, in the, in the universe, 22 plus 13, you know, 35 years, you know, when she starts out as this kid and now has grown into, you know, a 40 year old basically yep yeah so this um, this series will be nine to twelve aby um okay 
So you're looking at uh, what was return was five five ABY. So yeah. you're you're starting four years after that, moving to uh, seven years after that. Uh, so right around the time of Mandalorian season three uh, is where this kicks off, which so, we, we have seen her. Um, so her her character, Ahsoka Tano, the Tegruda um, uh, apprentice of Anakin Skywalker, has appeared, as we've mentioned, in the Clone Wars, in Star Wars Rebels, which this looks to be a direct sequel to, and uh, most recently in the live-action Mandalorian. Uh, also, Tales of the Jedi, uh, which was a, a series of shorts that were uh, released that were actually quite good uh, fleshing out mm-hmm. Ahsoka and Dooku's characters. Um, that Dooku episode was ridiculous, and all these yeah, it was a great, great too. It was two or three, right? Yeah, Wasn't I was, like I was specifically for the Dooku the arc with him and uh, him and Mace, where it was just it it showed it. Well, actually, yeah. Now, now that I think about it, all three of the Dooku's were extremely good. Between yeah, like, I mean, him and I, I liked and, the I liked the, the yeah the Dooku and Qui Gon. Yep, yeah, that were, relationship getting fleshed out is great. Yeah, so that that filled in a lot of the gaps, but uh, and then uh, most recently in live action in the Mandalorian, portrayed by Rosario Dawson, who will reprise her mm-hmm. role uh, in this show. Um, so we've talked about Ahsoka in the show. We're also, you know, uh, it, it, she's the eponymous character. Like, of course, you know, the highlight of quote unquote, the highlight of the show. I know you're also a big Rebels fan. And it looks like this is directly going to be Rebels season five. And I think Filoni has come out mm-hmm. and basically said that uh, from the trailers. We're getting Sabine Wren definitively. We're getting Harrison Dula definitively. And we're getting um, at least Ezra Bridger in holograph form. So if holo- and chopper, of course, and yeah. Ch- wah, 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 yeah. The our, one one of the one of the most sadistic and uh, ri- ridiculously disturbing droids ever, and also one of your favorite yeah. if you've ever watched Rebels. He is. Oh my god, he's it's wacko, amazing, and to see him in live action and to see him actually like portrayed well, like. What we've seen mm-hmm. just in the clips, I mean, it you could tell it was it was Chopper and it felt like Chopper. And we have and we have no idea if we will see him, but he was Yes. It was confirmed, I believe. We'll have Zeb. Yep, he was I would imagine will be Mando. in this. Um so they've shown they can do him. Uh, and Steve Blum came back and reprised the the vo- voice role. Um mm-hmm. And actually, I would be remiss uh, mentioning voice actors if I did not uh, mention Ashley Eckstein as the voice of Ahsoka Tano. Uh, she she made the character, made her her own, uh, was mm-hmm. phenomenal in that uh, voice role. Um, and Steve Blum, who did the voice of Zeb in Rebels, reprised the role uh, for the CG version that showed up in Mandalorian. Um, Sabine Wren will be played by Natasha Lubordizo uh, in the live action. Uh, Harrison Dula is going to be Mary Elizabeth Winstead, so we're keeping it in the Star Wars family, literally, uh, since she is the partner of Ewan McGregor, uh, also known as Obi-Wan Kenobi for anyone living under a rock. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's going to be, it's gonna, I, I can't remember who's cast as Ezra, or if they even announced who was cast. Oh, um, yeah, let me just, I know, I know, <laughs> I know this, I know this, I know this, I know this. Who was it in live action? He was. Oh, it's gonna bother me now. What was his? <laughs> it always does. Uh, um, Aman Esfandi. Uh, okay. Uh, what was Aman Esfandi? I can't. I I know the name from something, but 
He um, was in. I'm just. I'm actually pulling up his IMDb as well because, like, I knew I, I had the same moment of like, what was he in? Yeah. <laughs> he. Uh, oh. Uh, he was in King Richard. Yeah. He was in. Um, what other things was he was he in? He was in. He's in a lot of different. I'm trying to think of the thing he was in the most. He's in a bunch of different shorts and stuff like that. But he was in a lot of. I think King Richard was the biggest thing that he was in. I think there was a movie version of King Richard, and he played. I can't remember who. Yeah. But yeah, he's mentioned briefly in there. Um, yeah. So he, it'll be interesting uh, to see. He literally looks the part of uh, Ezra Bridger. Like you saw the Hollow, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, that's Ezra. Like there's no, there was wasn't any beating around the bush. Um, right. So yeah, anyone who hasn't seen Rebels, uh, go back and watch it because it was a phenomenal uh, four series, four seasons of uh, animated television. Uh, the way I described it to a lot of people is Clone Wars has the peaks, but it also has the valleys. Rebels peaks may not be quite well. No, Rebels uh, the towards the end of Rebels is just about as high, and it takes a lot of the valleys out. It's a much more consistent mm-hmm. ride, um, and it it centers around this crew that you you watch develop into a found family and that's uh, mm-hmm. that's kind of where we leave off is that found family is splintered and it looks to be that ahsoka as a series is going to uh try at least to reunite them it's it's very much it's very star wars yeah. this idea of the found family that you know you see in the in the original trilogy and all these other things it's very much a Another story like that. And yes, as Steve said, you know, you got 24 hours. So uh, get on it. Watch <laughs> it's it. a lot of Rebels to watch, watch all 24 of it. hours. Um, but no, especially the last couple seasons are fantastic. And you see some direct. I mean, you see some of the same artwork and I, won't, I don't want to like ruin it if you haven't seen it, but I don't I don't know why. But um, you see some of the same artwork in like the trailer. That's oh, like that, the, the mural the is the mural is ridiculous. Yeah. So I guess, uh, do we want to from this point forward, uh, basically go full spoiler and say if you haven't watched anything prior, um, go do it now, and we're going yes. to we're yeah. going to just go on the record of <laughs> we we will not pull any punches from here on out. Um, and yeah. Right discussion and we'll also cover legends and all that kind of stuff too yeah there'll be lots so if you don't want to for some reason you know yeah i would say it's kind of hard to talk about this show if you haven't seen rebels or to give the background it doesn't really which is weird because i i'm curious like my wife's very uh intrigued about the show but won't watch the animation she has some weird aversion to animation i don't know but uh she won't go back and watch rebels or the Clone Wars, uh, but is really excited about watching Ahsoka. So I'm I'm waiting, and I think on the like the coming weeks in the podcast, I'll I'll talk about like what her reaction is and how much explaining exactly I needed to do to to get her on the same page, and you know uh, where uh, whether or not they have enough exposition to keep uh, non people that aren't completely invested uh, up to speed and on the same page as the rest mm-hmm. of us. Yeah. I mean, I, I would definitely be really interested because I think that you're right. I, and I wonder if it's going to be, you know, I think I felt kind of the same way with Obi-Wan where I think people who 
didn't really follow in depthly the Star Wars universe, maybe enjoyed the show. But I think if you really watched everything previously and really have a knowledge, yeah. you know, you, you pick up more. And I yeah. think that that'll probably be what Ahsoka, I would imagine, will be similar if you're somebody who's really watched Rebels and gone through. Oh, I still, <laughs> I still remember watching Mando season two or season one whenever Ahsoka showed up. And mm-hmm. I was literally like the the uh, Leo DiCaprio uh, meme popping out of the chair, like pointing at the screen. Yeah. And uh, that guy. Yeah. I was like, ah. Lisa's like, what What are you doing? I'm like, that, that's Ahsoka. And then the, right. at the end when uh, we haven't mentioned his name, but Grand Admiral Thrawn gets mentioned. I had the same exact mm-hmm. reaction. And she was like, what the oh, hell is yeah. wrong with you? <laughs> Yeah, it was just like, it, it's one of those things where you sit there and you go, as a fan, you're like, oh my God, that's incredible. Yeah. Like, what a weird, and it was so, it was so, you know, talking about Thrawn, who's going to be in this series, like, it was such mm-hmm. a weird kind of left field mention in that yeah. show. Like, I, I did not expect that to be brought in, but not only, you know, do we have Thrawn in here, but you have um, uh, Morgan Elsbeth. Yeah. Um, straight from the was that exact scene. who's in that same episode um and so thron thron in himself uh we could talk on for a while i'm sure but mm-hmm. uh, he's he's actually as weird as it sounds he's the reason i ended up becoming a crazy star wars fan because the first thing star wars mm, i ever reason. experienced was heir to the empire well outside of like the original trilogy and i was like oh those movies are fun and then my cousin gave me a book in 1997, 96, 97, called Heir to the Empire by Timothy Zahn. And the next thing you know, I read the entirety of the expanded universe and uh, literally would look up on the whatever happened to be considered an internet back then, um, like when the next books were dropping and Mm -hmm. had them on pre-order at the, uh, what was it, B. Dalton bookseller uh, in Sangertown Mall. Mm -hmm. Or uh, the Walden books or whatever or, yeah, borders, borders or whatever or, it was. Yeah, uh, yeah. So spent many a many a day there, uh, pouring through those racks. And every time we went down to Utica, it was like, all right, I get to go to the bookstore and see if there's a new Star Wars book. Um, mm-hmm. But that was, uh, yeah, that was that was a thing. Like Thrawn as a character might be, especially in you know in the expanded universe, and even in what they've they've turned him into in the new canon. Uh, one of the one of the single best characterizations of not just a villain but just a character in the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. I think I think too you've got right, and I don't know how, if you want to go through if we want to separate you know the kind of the expanded universe versus the canon. But I mean the idea, the thing that is so great about this character is it is. An individual who, and, and at the time, especially with something like Heir to the Empire, but also in the time of, of, you know, if you just watch the movies or the TV shows, you've got a guy who, you know, the Empire is notoriously not, uh, let's say, friendly to alien species, right? Yeah. And you've yeah. got this guy who comes from, no, that you we've never seen him before. Right. You never right. even in the old EU, you never saw this this guy, you know, for those who haven't seen the trailer again, I don't know why you're listening. But if you haven't bl- blue guy, red eyes, like never seen somebody like this. Right. Um, and to find out in both the old EU and in the new canon, 
that he's worked his way up through the Empire, which is a notoriously anti-alien organization. Yep. And he is one of the you know most brilliant tacticians in both the EU. I mean, that's kind of maybe I'm doing a similar you know things that are similar, but the you know to the EU and the new canon, and yeah. to see him finally come into a live action role is going to be i think awesome if they do it correctly to to go from never seeing this guy to seeing a blue-skinned red-eyed chiss as a grand admiral of the imperial fleet which in the eu i think there was what like seven grand admirals or something Mm -hmm. um and it was absolutely ridiculous that they're like it you you it it adds to the importance of you know the gravitas this guy brings um and every step of the way whether it be eu or canon he's always thinking you know five six seven steps ahead of everyone else and successfully doing it and it it's it's crazy to think that uh you know that i guess the the new canon canon stuff also adds in a couple different layers but um but in the classic it's like everything he did he was one step ahead of anything that the the big three and the new republic plotted and Mm -hmm. he was the heir to the empire and you know again another moment in that episode when that when that quote got dropped i was like they they said the words they they said the Mm -hmm. thing (laughs) But mm-hmm. uh, through that whole trilogy, it was, you know, he he brought a whole new level of stakes to a post-Emperor Palpatine uh, game. Absolutely, because that was the thing is is in the EU and in, and in this time frame in the universe, right? So we've seen in the new canon, we've seen the First Order, but that's down the road. Yeah. And it was the same thing I remember with the EU is after, you know, the the rebel alliance wins at endor what what's up with the empire like they obviously we saw how many ships they had at endor they didn't kill all of them right and so to see this and what was it in in heir to the empire it's like what like a year if that after endor yep that thrawn shows up i mean so you're talking i think it was like you know might have been four because you had dark you had uh dark empire in there where mm -hmm. palpatine's clone you had all the X-Wing stuff with Warlord Zinj and uh, Yasana Sard and all that. Um, so it might have been like even like, after that. Might have been five, like uh, five years after Return. So it's probably in this same time frame, which actually fits pretty yeah. well. And he's just and he's just this terrifying. And you're right, this heir to the Empire thing. He's just this terrifying. Like like you said, he's so smart. He has like every. He's one step ahead of everybody, and it really, you know, in the EU. It really put the fear into the new, you know, the new republic, and so right. you know it's interesting to see that there's kind of still that fear factor. But I'm looking forward to seeing on the screen how we're going to see how do I describe this? See why people are afraid of him. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's weird because he's a very soft spoken. Um, he's not he's not a rule by force. He's a rule by I am smarter than you. Uh, mm-hmm. his, his shtick is, you know, overanalyzing, uh, artwork from various cultures. Uh, he tracked the ghost crew effectively by, you know, uh, 
various iterations of like the Twi'lek Kalikori from Hera's family, uh, from Sabine's artwork, from stuff from Lothal, tying it to Ezra. Uh, there, there was a lot of, um, that's always, that's kind of been his thing through all of, uh, all of the EU and whatever of utilizing the culture and the art of a people to predict their tactics and predict what they're going to do. And, uh, it's, I guess, I don't, it's not like it's a weird rote trope. It's more like, uh, I don't know. It, I guess describing it, it could almost come off as a weird deus ex machina, but it's like it, the way they've done it in both the EU and Canon is pretty respectable as far as like, it doesn't seem like it's over the top. It's not overly used it's like it's just actually a tactical advantage it's not like his uh be all end all right and you see i mean i'm trying to remember which throne book it was in but in, he's also different you know the interesting thing about him is as opposed to someone like the emperor or darth vader you know in one of the books he literally has a quote where he says all life has purpose yep so he's not this that's the other interesting thing about especially in the new canon he's not one of these people who I mean, people have roles and may be expendable for tactical reasons, but they're not. Thrawn's mindset isn't that people are just expendable for the sake of being expendable. Right. Like I mean, that's why he developed a, Vader. That's why they developed the TIE Defender. Mm-hmm. It was why right, are we throwing all like, these pilots away? Like, what are we doing? Uh, ultimately, you know, if you watch Rebels, he his TIE Defender program got usurped by... Uh, Krennic's Death Star program, but uh, so we get the Death Star instead of a whole new fleet of Tide Defenders. Hindsight probably would have worked out better the other way since they don't get blown mm-hmm. up quite as easily. Whatever. Um, no exhaust ports yeah. in the Tide Defenders that are that size. <laughs> so uh, they ended up. Um, I don't even think we mentioned it. Lars Mikkelsen, uh, who's the voice of Thrawn in Rebels, uh, and also, if you didn't realize, a quite prolific actor. Uh, will also mm-hmm. be um, v- he'll be playing him and we saw the first shots of uh, again uh, the Mickelson in full chiss regalia which blue skin piercing red eyes uh, the chiss are from the unknown regions um, basically from what we know in the new canon Thrawn's whole MO is to come in not exploit the Empire but his goal is to uh, get more people to help defend the uh, the Chiss and the unknown regions from a extragalactic uh, species that are invading, known as the Grisk. Uh, in old canon, that was the whole uh, New Jedi Order use on Vong timeline, mm-hmm. um, which again, very good books to read. Do not tie into current canon, but. I did. Uh, I, I personally loved the whole the whole Vong saga. Um, oh yeah, oh yeah, and this idea of this other, this right. almost making the universe bigger. This other idea, I think, uh, yeah. So maybe admit, you know, just kind of even going bigger with like what the Chiss are, because if someone's tuning in, and they're trying yeah. to figure out where they are in the world. You know, they are from, as Steve said, from the unknown regions, which is this area outside of what is the known galaxy. So the galaxy that we. Yeah, whatever. As mapped. Star Wars fans are, 
right are comfortable with and so um i guess think of like uh you know back in the day when people were exploring the earth and the unknown regions that effectively be when uh i guess half of the u.s had been colonized and the rest was kind of out there in the west and right right like so the the known galaxy knows the unknown regions are there. They know there's certain planets that are mapped. There's whatever, but it's not remotely as defined as the rest of anything else. And and it's from what I was remembering. So basically, in terms of like hyperspace lanes, the other reason that it's unknown is because uh, and thousands of years ago or something like this, there was a nat- some kind of natural disaster that's never really named. But what it did is it tore hyperspace it kind of fractured hyperspace out to those unknown regions. And so they just use uh, what they call navigators, which are right. like force sensitive children yep. um, to help them navigate out of or well, between hyperspace lanes there and out right. of the unknown regions. Yeah. Effectively around um, all the black holes and whatever they're running into. And- right. Which they call ca- chaos. Yep. These little pockets are called uh, in the unknown regions are called chaos. And so there's, there's part of that reason and rationale um, to the idea that maybe Jedi were the first people to map the current galaxy. Yep. I know this is getting a little off target, but like mapping the current galaxy. And I remember reading that the way that the hyperspace technology was not necessarily created, but one of the theories is that they observed the Purgle, the space yep. whales. Again, and that was go watch, go watch rebels. If you want to know what a Purgle is, uh, <laughs> But but the idea that they uh, used, they observed them go into hyperspace, and then that's where they came up for the idea for hyperspace technology. Yeah. Which, only circling back briefly, there's that old movie, the movie that they're talking about coming out. That's like the ancient, yeah, Republic. Yep. Movie. So Dawn that, of the Jedi. I don't. Know, I just mentioned it in there because it'd be kind of cool. Yeah, it'd be kind of well, cool they, that gets so tied in there. I don't know how much of the High Republic you've read. Uh, but they do touch on that. Uh, the Nile, mm-hmm. uh, the um, antagonists of the uh, oh, yeah, yeah. High Republic, uh, utilize a, a very rudimentary, like, um, I can't remember what they call them, way lines or whatever, uh, certain ways they can jump through hyperspace outside of the known uh, pathways. And it's effectively through force use and, um, you know, confirms that, uh, you know, force users can figure figure out what's going on in uh in navigating things much, much more uh, adeptly than a non-force user. Go figure. Right. Well, you know, but the, the Chiss, right. So the Chiss are trying to come out of the, they basically rule. Now, if I'm, if I'm correct me, if I just want to make sure I'm not mixing my canon here, but basically effectively the Chiss rule a significant portion of the outer regions. Yeah. A good chunk of it. The Chiss ascendancy. And and Thrawn is a member of this Chiss, ascendancy and that as steve was saying has come out into the what is the galaxy that we in the star wars universe have been familiar with all this time yeah and is trying to figure out how to get allies for the chiss against the the gris gris? yep okay yeah i always say it i always say it wrong like a grist (laughs) mill i don't know why but yeah so it'll be interesting to see but thrawn like i can't wait to see this character yeah and that the the whole um the Chiss in general, uh, you have, it's a, a very militaristic, very organized, very uh, by-the-book society. Um, and you have, it's, uh, 
there if you read the new canon um thrawn and anakin actually have a lot of interaction uh which it's i'm curious if we'll touch on that in the series um or you know because we we've known that hayden christensen is coming back as anakin in some form or fashion whether that's in flashback whether that's i I guess nine bby it's you know the only other option is a force ghost but force um, ghost yep so it's either flashback or force ghost is what we're going to see um but if we see a flashback of him interacting you know both with ahsoka and with thrawn uh that would be mildly in my brain that's mildly insane just to be able to (laughs) be like oh yeah he's playing both sides of this coin at various points in his life right and 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 i think that that thrawn book doesn't isn't the interaction not only with Thrawn and Anakin, but Thrawn and Darth Vader, basically. I mean, I know it's Anakin yeah. Again, so but that that's the cool separate... part of it is, uh, it's it's effectively each chapter goes back and forth between uh, Thrawn's interaction with Anakin on one of the first missions, and then Thrawn with Vader later on, and eventually Thrawn deduces that Anakin is Vader. Like he puts two and two together, um, and that's the whole part of the whole book. But um, that. Uh, I think that was part of the original Thrawn trilogy that no. Well, yeah, let me, let me rephrase that. Not the ascendancy, but the, yeah, Timothy Zahn did the original trilogy, which was the heir to the empire, dark force rising last command. He did a couple other duologies, hand of Thrawn and, uh, vision of the past. Empire of the hand. No. Um, yeah, either way, there were two duologies and then outbound flight. Um, and then for the new canon, he did a trilogy of Thrawn books and then a trilogy of Thrawn books called Thrawn Ascendancy. Um, and they were, they're all very, very good reads. But um, I believe the him interacting with Vader and Anakin was the second book of the first trilogy. Um, yeah, I think you're right. That that makes sense to me. And I think he, it's like Thrawn Alliances or something yeah, like that. Yeah, something like that. And he has... Uh, he does, uh, there's, I, I would love to see like Eli Vanto or Admiral Arlani uh, in live action. I don't know if we'll see either of those characters, but if you've read those books, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, mm-hmm. Vanto is kind of his right-hand man, human, um, teaching him the ways, uh, brought him back to the Chist Ascendancy. Um, whole whole lot of story and backstory there. Um, I, I've also realized that we're talking almost as long about Thrawn on this as we have Ahsoka. <laughs> Yeah, I mean he's a big deal. I mean, you, if you're going to talk about the the main good guy, you got to talk about the main baddie, right? I mean, this is, you know, for people who, given like the history we've just been talking about, you know, people are going to want to see Thrawn do some stuff. Yeah. Um. And and especially again to, you know, not I'm not gonna say spoiler alert again, but I just did. But if you ending Rebels, you know, the last time we saw Thrawn in the timeline here was when he and Ezra went bye-bye with the space whales yeah, off into the middle of nowhere. So people want to know, you know, and it's going to be big, like they're going to have to explain where did he come from? How did he get back? What's he doing now? What's the plan? Right. You know? So I think that, you know, it makes sense. You got to talk about him this long because we really need to know what, there's a lot of questions that need to get answered. And then I think there's really high expectations for the character. Yeah. But there needs to be, he needs to do something and and not necessarily physically which we've seen with other villains but there needs to be some kind of this is why we're afraid of thrawn 
Yeah, exactly. Um, I guess that that partly brings us back to, uh, you know, back around. We mentioned Anakin. We mentioned the Clone Wars numerous times. Uh, I guess, were there any arcs that stood out to you, uh, either as Ahsoka arcs uh, in the Clone Wars or as something we should just be mindful of for this series? Well, I mean, I think that I think the two things that are key is one is I think you have to remember Ahsoka's not is no Jedi, as she right. would say in Rebels. But this idea of her arc oh, no. when she that was, was Clone Wars. The, oh no, that Clone was Re- Wars. No, that was Rebels. Rebels. No, it was two. Rebels. Yeah, yeah, it was Rebels. 14. Okay, yep. Twilight of the Apprentice. I was gonna say that was yep. yeah, that was when they were at Malachor. Um, but. You have to remember going to Clone Wars, so I will go back to Clone Wars, that her trial as a Jedi, when she was in the Jedi, for those people going back further, you know, than Rebels, she was accused of bombing uh, the Jedi Temple. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a whole trial. She was put on a very strong trial. She was ultimately acquitted, but decided to leave the Jedi Order. And that's one of the main things that reaches out to and leads to Ahsoka becoming who we see today. I think that's one of the big defining moments for her. It, well, uh, it is. And also, when you look at it, could be considered one of the bigger defining moments, even though people, a lot of people have not seen it or realized it, in developing where Anakin Skywalker goes. Mm-hmm. It's another domino of basically losing his faith in the Jedi order. Right. Is, is losing it. So that would be one arc. Yep. You know, I don't know if there's, if there's anything I missed on, on that one. The other one I would say is the, the arc that we just mentioned in rebels where they go to Malachor. I mean, she's full. She is known as Fulcrum. Yep. Soka is known as Fulcrum throughout rebels. She's basically providing intelligence and helping to support the, the, a very young rebel Alliance. Um, and she ends up facing Darth Vader, uh, who, in the course of that three or four episode arc, she realizes Darth Vader is Anakin, um, has a fight with him on Malachor. And initially, we think she dies in that fight. Yeah. Um, and that kind of leads to the war, the the war, the war of the worlds. Yes, H.G. Wells' uh, famous <laughs> novel. No, the war, <laughs> the world between worlds. Yeah, which is a whole nother thing that is even mentioned or even seems to be referenced in the trailer a or one bit, of the yeah. clips that I saw. There seems to be um, some magicy stuff going on, which mm-hmm, uh, which. Which, which for people who don't, so basically what happens is later on in Rebels, um, I'm yada, 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 quite a lot here, but I'm yada, 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 uh, Ezra discovers there's this world between worlds in which he can look through different portals. Um, and one of the portals, uh, it's just different times and places. And one of them is the fight between Ahsoka and Darth Vader that I just mentioned. And Ezra pulls Ahsoka out of that fight so she can survive. So... Ahsoka's literally alive because of the world between worlds. Right. We see her walk uh, out of that battle, but it's because of some interference, supposedly. And it's mm-hmm. it's weirdly filmed, and they, they cut it well enough that it's open to interpretation, but 
Uh, there's this, uh, yeah, we're going to see, I think we're going to see a lot of force magic-y type stuff uh, coming into the into the fray here. Uh, whether that's, mm-hmm. I mean, we saw in the trailer, you saw Balen Skull and Shinhati, the two, um, what we what we know as the two non-Thrawn villains uh, of this series, uh, played by the late Ray Stevenson, and I cannot remember the actor's name playing Shinhati. She's, um, yep, she's Ukrainian. Yep. It's, is no, I don't think it's Lubiskaya. I, I can't remember. We're good at this. The Ukrainian actress. Um, we'll, we'll, We'll pull it up by the time we uh, get back to it, but she, um, uh, the the two of them, along with the aforementioned Morgan Elspeth, uh, are shown at one point in the trailer doing some sort of weird force magic-y type stuff, which in my brain looked a little, I, I couldn't tell whether it was what they wanted to interpret as night history or some other form of force magic. Um but there was some some weird stuff going on. It didn't kind of have that green hue that you always associate with the Night Sisters of Dathomir. But if you've got force magic going on, you can't leave them out of the equation. So mm-hmm. it was Ivana Sakno. Oh, there you go. So for everyone screaming at the podcast or <laughs> at us right now, that's that's who it is. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm very confused. You know, the other thing that I picked up on or at least I noticed in the trailer that I think was deliberate that I'd be interested to know what your take is, is, is you look at their lightsabers mm-hmm. and they're not red, they're orange. Yes. And so are they, obviously they're not Sith because we also do see not, I don't want to call, even call them inquisitors because. Oh no, there was a, there really, was definitively an inquisitor someone with an inquisitor blade. Right, with an Inquisitor Blade, but my my theory, again, I don't know if we're going to talk about theories later, is I, I'm like, I'm thinking Emperor, Empire, or the Emperor's Hand oh. kind of potential thing here. I'm thinking maybe not an Inquisitor, but maybe an em- Emperor's Hand. Bring that in. Maybe, a, maybe later bring in the Emperor's Hand? Maybe. I mean, there could be a Mara Jade. I don't know, but I'm just the other thing that I did see floating around that humored me a little bit. That was a kind of Clone Wars reference is that you see that unmasked or the the masked Inquisitor, whoever it is, right. the, with the red lightsaber. Quasi Inquisitorial. <laughs> right, and I've seen some people online say Berzoffi, maybe. Oh. Who, Which would if, be a uh, very we cool. We mentioned prior, Ahsoka was framed for the bombing of the Jedi Temple. Uh, at this point, I guess uh, you're fully spoiled on everything. Uh, she mm-hmm. was framed by a fellow Padawan, Barisafi, who was the uh, Mary Allen Padawan of uh, Luminar Unduli. Uh, and I guess uh, was a very strict rule follower and um, extremely by the book and then snapped and decided to you know frame the jedi for uh well a, a various number of things and tried to bomb the temple so any, anyway i know that's kind of going out the side but i think this orange lightsaber thing is is really interesting to me because we've never seen one no and no. i don't know what it means because right. it's obviously not jedi colored well but it's obviously not sith colored you know who i think is going to tell us that Hui, Hui Yang, who's back? The droid Hui Yang, 
who yeah i believe the quote from the uh from the clone wars was something along the lines of i have a catalog of literally every lightsaber that's ever been made and the imprint of it in his memory banks uh voiced by david tennant he is uh he was a staple in the clone wars a couple episodes uh and it's it's good to have him back Mm -hmm. but that's a good point i i forgot about that 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 is probably where we'll get that information because i'm uh, the other interesting thing and and maybe i'm maybe i'm just trying to find other fun ways of dividing this is I don't know how close they're linked directly with Thrawn and what Thrawn wants to do. Mm-hmm. Are they trying to do kind of their own thing? Well, you Elspeth, know, they're, really interested. they're talking to Elspeth and Elspeth is working for Thrawn, supposedly. For Thrawn. So. Right. But is there, an, is there another layer like we just talked about with Thrawn? You know, that'll be somewhere. where Thrawn's trying to pull, you know, both sides is in this case, are they trying to, yes, they'll work with Thrawn for now, but there's actually another right goals does, for them does the orange mean you know they're not fully blood lightsabers like they're i don't know like half sith uh some sort of right. dark, dark jedi gray jedi type thing going on another crazy thing i saw that was a theory again i'm just throwing out theories here because i i i love sharing some of these crazy ones is that <laughs> there's a thought of are these are these two because of the the world between worlds are these guys like time travelers oh are they yeah. from a different you know, is that why their blades are orange and not red? Is it from a different... Again, I, I'm not saying any of this is true. I'm just throwing this out there because more random stuff is hilarious to talk about. Yeah, we won't know anything um, until tomorrow, but that's uh, that one, that that's intriguing as to whether, you know, are are they who we think they are? Mm-hmm. And... Because you, cause there's this mention of... Like, uh, a... Uh, Skull mentions, you know, in one of the clips to Ahsoka, like, Anakin spoke really, really highly of you and, right. you know, spoke of your ability. So that obviously makes me think there's some kind of Jedi right. temple connection. Whether it's Fallen or um, whatever. Or, yeah. or, or is he saying that he knew that Vader was Anakin and refers to him as Anakin in front of her? Right. So, you know, that, but if it's the, well, if it's the, the first, then it's... Yeah, because similarly to Ahsoka, so we're we're working in between in between the light and the dark on this because uh, that first scene in the last full trailer, uh, Balin effectively impales the one trooper in the classic uh, rebel space trooper armor or helmet, and uh, says something like uh, he says something about the the trooper says something about the Jedi and. Similarly to Ahsoka's famous line, Skull says, we are no Jedi or we are not Jedi or something along those lines. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I think they're I think they're trying to play in that gray area as to, you know, we're not fully bad. We're not fully good. So, I, I mean, we can tell by the fact they slaughter a bunch of uh, troopers that uh, they're probably not great. Right. <laughs> they're, right. they're, not, right. they're not fully light side. Let's put it that way. And then, yeah, and then I always thought, you know, again, kind of referencing to people in the EU, one of the things I'm interested to see, you know, from the expanded universe of the older stuff is, um, you know, for people who read the Heir to the Empire, George uh, Saboth, um, who was a dark 
who was a Jedi basically who in the old EU um, foretold of or had a had a premonition of the darkness of the Emperor coming to power and as a result uh, attempted to flee basically the galaxy um, to try the to flight the aforementioned uh, the, we, that's right. we talked about Zahn but, actually had a full so Zahn who created Thrawn and Sebayoth had a full book dedicated to this outbound flight which Anakin was involved in right and so he, J- uh, George Sebath was a Jedi who over time thought the best way to try to avoid this this uh, premonition or this um, this, this vision. sense yeah. that he had yeah this vision was that Jedi should rule and that kind of led him down a dark path and he ultimately became a, a dark Jedi you right. know, to use today's kind of parlance. Which so it would be interesting to see. Then in the original Air of the Empire trilogy, uh, after that happened, he got put down and a clone of him got resurrected by uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn on Wayland, which we've seen Wayland in the new canon, um, the, cloning, the Emperor's cloning facility. Uh, so he cloned... Or well, the Emperor cloned Joris Sebaoth, uh, had him guarding Wayland, and Thrawn utilizes him in a in the expanded universe as uh, a mildly insane. Uh, so has all of the uh, premonitions that Sebaoth did and whatnot imprinted on him, but is also a little off kilter because he's. Um, Think multiplicity, how not all of the clones come out all that great. Right. <laughs> He's one of the right, ones that's a little wonky. Uh, and that's what <laughs> Thrawn's dealing with. So that's another another layer in the original trilogy of like, all right, I'm trying to lead this empire and also dealing with this crazy dark Jedi. Uh, so just trying to work here. <laughs> trying to work. Just trying to get through the day. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's, you know, that's what Rick was, that for. was going off. <laughs> If I go, I'm going, yeah, oh, yeah. If I'm going off of on a tangent there, but I just thought that it'll be interesting to see kind of what their their role is. Yeah, I'll be curious um, if there's a parallel yeah. like that, like you mentioned. The other the other one that I wanted to get kind of your opinion on or would love to hear from you is, is Sabine and Sabine's mm-hmm. role with Ahsoka. Um, because to me, until the first time it's mentioned in the trailer, uh, you know, for seeing her and Rebels use... Like the dark saber, yep. You know, with Kanan, you know, I was like, okay, she's using the dark saber. But to me, it did not click. And maybe I'm just slow, but it did not click until the trailer that this idea that Ahsoka was trained was ultimately going to train Sabine uh, to use the lightsaber. I did not click that Sabine was force sensitive or that there was like a. See, I still don't know about that. I still don't know if she is force sensitive or if okay because she had the dark saber training and no longer has the dark saber if she's just using because Ezra gave her her his lightsaber and that's what we see her using in the uh, in the trailer whether it's just right. a function of him um, or of her what? having a lightsaber and Ahsoka training her how to use it uh, even though she is referenced as master it almost sounds sardonic. And like, well, I wonder if there's a if there's another separation thing as we see, right? You know, in some other Jedi that I just have to, I have to, I can't. Similar to what Kanan did with Ezra, mm-hmm. where there was a point where he felt like he shouldn't be training Ezra, right? Is are we going to see that again? 
now I did I did love I don't know if you realized in the par- in the trailer uh, when so we see Sabine who notoriously in Rebels head like uh, pixie cut hair um, you know very efficient very able to put under the Mandalorian helmet uh, go full full Mando garb um, in the first shots of the trailer and the first shots of anything we saw Natasha Lou Bordizo had full blown long ass hair. Um, mm-hmm. in the final trailer, you see the shot of her cutting off the long hair, uh, which in my brain is like, okay, she's going back into the fight, but I don't know if you noticed it completely. And I think Mike was actually the one that pointed it out to me, uh, that that shot parallels Kanan doing the same thing when he cut off his ponytail. Mm, I did not put that together, but that's, you're right. It was that's almost cool. like verbatim the shot i think he, he somebody sent me like a side by side i'm pretty sure it was mike and it was like oh it's, okay <laughs> it's like it's interesting too because when you see that with the timeline or how rebels ended with that shot yep. so you're gonna see some of some of ahsoka i'm assuming is gonna happen before what right. the end of rebels was is because it, you know rebels kind of ends after you know after endor um, cause they do that jump cut at the end of yeah. the rebels TV show where they jump ahead all the way from, you know, uh, to the end. So it'll be interesting to see kind of, you'll see some of that gap. Right. And that was the first time I noticed that when I was like, Oh, like, so we see her with long hair. There's scenes obviously with her with the long hair and then, Oh, we're going to go to the short hair. I was like, okay. So there's going to be some like filling in that kind of space between when like the rebels where they do the present thing and when they jump cut to where rebels ends we're going to fill in a little bit of that gap in between right yeah and that'll be that'll be good to to see what happens because um well we we know one thing that happened uh not to completely derail where we're at but uh we do know that uh the aforementioned kanan jarris jedi knight and uh harrison doula had a child Jason said, mm-hmm. um, uh, apparently before, uh, one of, one of the most emotional moments for me in all of star Wars, uh, when Kanan mm-hmm. sacrifices himself, uh, prior to that, apparently, uh, things went on and, uh, things happened. Yes. So Jason Sindula was apparently born, uh, who I believe will be like a early teenager, I'm curious, uh, you think we're going to see anything from Jason or, uh, I mean, they can't really, is he just hanging out with a babysitter <laughs> during this whole thing? I, you know, I don't know. Like I'm now that episode was Jedi Knight yep. with an N. Yep. Season f- four, episode four, 12. It was like two, something like that. Yeah. Look up Jedi Knight. Great episode. Uh, you know, I thought about that. I didn't see, you know, obviously we don't see him in there. I, that's what confused me so much when I saw all the Sabine stuff with the, because before any trailer came out, part of my thought process was, well, if Kanan is force sensitive, obviously, yep. then his son is probably force sensitive. So before anything came out, you know, obviously, before all this stuff got released, I was like, oh, like maybe Ahsoka is training Kanan's son. Right. And I was like, that would have been kind of cool to see. But I don't know if we'll see. I mean, I feel like we have to see him, right? I mean, 
you know, given Hera's background where her dad has fought his whole life and she was around that as a kid. Yeah. And given Hera's still, you know, one of the interesting things I've seen in this new canon is this idea of among the new Republic, this war weariness Mm -hmm. and this idea of these different people in different shows. In this case, you see Hera as this character, like trying to be a warning out of the canary in a coal mine. Yep. the new republic that the empire is not gone like you can't <laughs> yeah. we can't just let our guard down um and i just feel like we're gonna have we're gonna see her son maybe maybe it'll be something small but i i, I think i think the kid's old the kid will, jason will be old enough right to, i mean that was to make we, an impact when we met ezra he was 14 when we met ezra bridger Kane, when we met Ezra Bridger, Kanan was fourteen. His no. son hadn't been born yet. No, when we met Ezra Bridger, Ezra was fourteen. Oh yeah. So I'd Sorry. assume if Jason uh, is in the same age bracket that we're, you know, he, he's he's prime for the fight. Uh, do we see him mm-hmm. like? I mean, we've seen the ghost, which gave me chills because seeing the ghost in live action was just like, yeah, buddy, it's pretty cool. Um, the maybe Phoenix is, Squadron. Yeah, but like, is he helping out? Like, is he the co-pilot on the Ghost? Or maybe he's in Phoenix Squadron. Yeah. Maybe he's heads of Phoenix Squadron now, uh, or or something that there's a reference. Or maybe, maybe, I'm gonna throw out a theory that I just came up off with. Oh boy, maybe he's hanging out with Zeb. Maybe he's hanging out with Zebby Zeb. Yeah, could be. Or maybe, maybe he's in the. F- uh, I don't want to say it, but maybe he is one of the students at the academy that goes south. That's, you know, that's not a bad, I mean, at that point, so at the point that he would be around, are we saying that, I guess because it's never really, that's the nice thing is they left it open enough. So like, obviously when we see Grogu and Luke, I, I mean, is it canon that Grogu's the first student? I think so because the uh, the academy wasn't fully completed when he and Ahsoka were there. Um, so it's probably he's probably not there. He's like Luke a test because yeah, because it would have had to have been like right after Grogu left. He would have had to have found him, and I feel like that would have been an easier get than yeah. Grogu, if that makes sense. But I would. Oh man, that would be great. Yeah, that would be great to have him yeah, do, be part of. Do um, we see Luke Skywalker in the series? Well, he, mm, here's my prediction: <laughs> if if we are, which my understanding is, besides the Rangers of the New Republic or whatever the other show that they're going to do is, if Mandalorian and Ahsoka and the other show are leading up to a big event like either a movie or like a big like four-part tv show i think either directly in the lead up to that or more likely in that four part or what the four-part thing i just made up the, the movie length <laughs> episodes yeah that he'll be in that i think i don't i don't know if it makes sense to have luke in ahsoka's story because Luke's, I mean, I guess my thought is this: Luke seems to be, just like with the old EU, seems to be very fixated on finding students, building the temple. Right. But we I don't think he's see, necessarily going off world. We see in Mandalorian where, you know, she was at the 
grounds of the academy as it was being built and you know well she's a friend of the family right she's a friend of the family (laughs) it's still yeah i don't know it's so hard because i think like part of me would love to see that but the other part of me thinks that like like luke skywalker's like like you bring luke skywalker out when like for the big right for for episode 10 of the mandalorian yeah um i mean right you bring it up like luke's out there because there's this jedi and he's trying to you know for that episode right like there's no one else that can beat this we need a jedi but i don't know with ahsoka like does it i almost think maybe i'm thinking i i think we'll see a reference maybe to him but not anything like not him yeah maybe we get like a like a holocron teaching or yeah. something that she's like picked up like a hey i found this book like maybe check it out you know right. like something that kind of thing. something or, that mark hamill could throw a voice on and call it a day yeah or like a recording just saying like you know like a like a you don't never see him but you hear his voice and he's saying to like ahsoka like ahsoka's on a calm and you don't see anything right but you hear him saying like oh you should go to the blah 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 system because i believe there might actually be a jedi temple there right and you should go check that out yeah you know kind no, of i thing, can see something, something like, like that. that like yeah him him being a piece to the puzzle of like helping helping figure whatever out so no mm-hmm. it's so i don't know there's a lot of unknowns. Know, it would be interesting there's a lot of un, there's a lot of think, unknowns there's a lot of known unknowns do you think that we'll see kanan in, in like a flashback in a, of some was, sort or a force force ghost uh, either as a either in a flashback i don't know force ghost i feel like again that kind of cheapens it but or as the wolf well, actually, yeah, as, as a Force ghost, we wouldn't see solely for the sheer fact that we know that Qui-Gon was kind of the one that uncovered that. Mm-hmm. So it has to no, be he's someone dead. from that lineage. But, uh, yeah. And Kanan was not. So, um, and unless they fuck with things, that's uh, that's kind of off I the hope table. they don't. Please don't. Um, don't do that. Don't do that, Star Wars. Don't uh, do it. But, yeah, I mean... The, yeah, the loath wolves and the loth cat, or the yeah, the loth cats, the loath wolves, any of that. I'm very curious how much that's going to play. You know, again, the force mysticism, that sort of weird, like Ezra had that crazy animal connection uh, that we also mm-hmm. see with Grogu, uh, with him being able to uh, tame the mudhorn and that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, whether whether that comes back into play would be, you know, another layer to it. And do we see, and I know we see obviously a hologram of Ezra Bridger. Do we see him in like, I'll say the first season. I, so I'm of, of two ways about that. I feel like we either see him around episode like four or not until the very end. I think he's the answer to the question you asked me about. Will we see Luke? Okay. I think instead of when it's time to see someone, Right. Or when something is needed badly, it's not going to be Luke. It's going to be Ezra shows up. Okay. It's like, I'm back, baby. Yeah. I'm ready. Let's we got go. It. <laughs> we got it. We're here. You know, yep. Sabine's going to be like holding the lightsaber and all of a sudden it's like, whoop, I'm going to suck out of her hand. and be like, I'm here. Let's go. And he's like, I got my pergles with me. Let's go, space whales. <laughs> I'm bringing Let's my, ride. yeah, I'm bringing my fleet of pergil with me. <laughs> uh, that's right. Slamming into Star Destroyers. Yeah, um, you know. But I think that. That would be your, I think, what you'd build. Right. Towards, no, that makes as sense. As opposed to Luke. Yeah. Um, will we see Mando? 
I, I hope know. not, personally. I, I also, yes, I agree. I think, because uh, we know Filoni's going to try and tie the Filoni-verse together at some point. I don't. I, I hope it's not during season one of this. I think he... I, I'm hoping, praying, if I'm understanding what should make sense, is I think Mando appears in that Rangers of the New Republic show. Shouldn't appear that here. Fit more. Yeah. He's freelancing for the Republic, not for Ahsoka doing... You know whatever she's doing yeah and we've already seen him interact with uh whatever squadron that was that zeb's with um mm-hmm. yeah and uh paul sun hung yili or sun hyung lee from uh kim's convenience yep. there uh mm-hmm. carson teva that's his name in in canon that's um, right yeah you see you know him and zeb being in the same squadron i would 100 percent uh now that we've thankfully moved on from gina carano to uh, changing Rangers of the New Republic to what seems to be Carson Teva and that squadron that Zeb's in, um, right? I'm 100 percent down for that. Give Give yeah, me Ralph that'll... McQuarrie's original concept art for Chewbacca as a uh, live action. <laughs> so yeah, if anyone if anyone doesn't uh, doesn't know what Garzabarellios looks like. The Lasat species is what Chewbacca was originally uh, drawn up as by Ralph McQuarrie. So mm-hmm. instead of our furry friend, uh, it would have been a very, very different look uh, as the co-pilot for the Falcon. It would have been a very weird. It would have been different. It would have been so such a different thing. But yeah. anyway, I, do I, we see the Falcon? I don't know. Do we see the Falcon in this? See the Falcon in this? Yeah. I don't think so. Right. Why would we see the Falcon? I don't know. Just figured I'd throw it out there. <laughs> what the hell? We're in. <laughs> Darth Maul's coming back now. <laughs> <laughs> he got new legs again. <laughs> got no arms. He's got no head. But he's out. <laughs> Just a flesh wound. He's Just here. A flesh it's wound. fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think. Like what? What other? What other? You know, things do we? are you looking forward to seeing in the show or, or things that you want to see happen? If you could like come up with, Oh, season one, like this is what I yeah. want to have happen. Bop, 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 bop. I don't even know. I think for me, the biggest thing is just seeing, seeing Thrawn in the flesh, seeing Ahsoka, like we've already seen Ahsoka, but seeing Ahsoka like fully realized and uh, in her own element, continuing that rebel storyline, which I hold very dear in my heart. Um, and as long as they can, you know, do that true, I think I'll be very happy with what they do in season one. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's just, you know, they've got to, with Ahsoka, they've got to find that balance of what she's doing out in the galaxy as opposed to whatever, everything else that's happening in the galaxy. And there's almost this kind of in the shadows. Yeah sense of what's going on because you do have like this overarching you know you've got the new republic which i think it's canon too that mon mothma at this point was the like the head of the new republic and ordered that like a serious budget cut to the military i think it was like 90 percent of it is yeah something like that you know shredded after the empire was gone Right. So you've you've got this that bigger thing and I think Thrawn becoming into that part of the bigger picture. But Ahsoka's always kind of operated in the shadows, whether it's Fulcrum or kind of in between, you know, 
So, and if you read her EU book, go mm-hmm. do that because that was a phenomenal, phenomenal uh, in the shadows read. Yeah, and I think if they just get, you know, she can build into that main part, right? Into being in the main, the main kind of big screen or the big picture of the galaxy as a whole. But I would just love to see them kind of develop and finish the story, which is find Ezra. Yeah. Whether that takes one season or three seasons or however long it takes, but that needs to be the, you know, as you mentioned early on, this kind of found family needs to get back together. Yep. So if we, we end up with there, or we end up, yeah, we end up with there. We end up there at the end of the season. I think we're in a good spot. Uh, if we end up there earlier and we end up, developing more of the Thrawn and Chiss, I think we'll still be okay. Um, ultimately, I think we have to we have to get Ahsoka to convince Sabine to rejoin the fight, which we've seen in the trailer. Mm-hmm. We have to find a way to get them to the Unknown Regions and tracking and finding where Thrawn is, and we have to somehow figure out where the hell uh, Balin and Shin fit into this whole thing. Um Will we do it? I'm sure. Uh, I'm my. I have trouble tempering my expectations for this. I've been very, <laughs> very good uh, at tempering my expectations for a lot of the other stuff we cover on this podcast. The any of the the MCU stuff recently, any of the DCEU, any of that sort of uh, other nerdery. Uh, I have very much been able to temper my expectations from and enjoy stuff. I hope I can do the same for this. Uh, hopefully it lives up to expectations, but holy shit, mm-hmm. I am hyped for tomorrow. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I hope it's going to be like a super good kickoff, the first two episodes. Yep. Um, and I think it's going to be, you know, hopefully hit the ground running. And, and like we said, as long as this moves forward and, and getting to see these characters that with... Thrawn and Ahsoka. I mean, these are two of your longest between the EU or or in the new canon. You know, one for th- mostly for Thrawn with the the old legends and with Ahsoka. What we have now, you're talking about characters that have been around for 15, 20, 20 years, easy. Oh yeah. So to get those kind of characters involved is great. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, I think I don't know. I think we've covered about everything we can. Um, anything else you want to touch on? Or no, I don't have anything I want to touch on about that. I mean, there's just so much. Like that's the yeah, problem oh, yeah. is we could probably talk about this for like, days. We're, yeah, we're going like, we're going over an hour, and we already like we could still keep going if we wanted to. Um, I guess uh, if nothing else, thank you for popping on, Tom. It's always a pleasure. Uh, do you want to let anyone know where they can get a hold of you or you know uh, touch base if they uh, they want to talk some more Star Wars? Uh, I would say it's always a pleasure to be here on the Multiverse Report. I appreciated talking about it. It's got me even more hyped, which I didn't think was possible. Um, but people can follow me if they want. You know, I'll occasionally try to post stuff. Uh, it's uh, at Longball Law, so L O N G B A L L, and then Law W A or W A L L A W. Um, and uh, I would say the only other fun thing, just for people that's random out of nowhere is uh but i know you guys talk about comics and all that kind of stuff is if you haven't seen there's a cool uh multi-issue comic by Patton oswald who's one of the writers called minor threats 
which I just finished reading. It's fantastic. Basically, nice. the premise is, and and then I'll I'll stop talking. But the premise is, is you have, um, you know, your typical city of heroes and villains, but not all the villains are like A level villains. You got the kind of people who are your like your D level villains who like rob a bank, don't do anything for a few months, and have to rob a bank again. Yep. Starts off with one of the main A level villains kills the sidekick of an A level hero. And as a result, all of the A-level heroes basically turn the city into a police state. Oh. Trying to find this A-level villain. And as a result, they're squeezing these C and D-level villains <laughs> who are terrified of these A-levels. So it's about a group of people who go, we got to get this A-level villain and get him to the A-level heroes so we can get through our lives. Yep. And get back to our, like, you know, Robin and Thieving where there weren't superheroes down our, our back. <laughs> oh, very so interesting. The, the the lower level villains end up being the protagonist, or like yeah, yeah, yeah. They're basically looking to to get this to capture this A level villain <laughs> to turn him over to the A level heroes. Yep. But for the selfish reason of so the A level heroes stop with this police state basically and let let That's the awesome. you know the low lives level crime go back. <laughs> mm-hmm. Their normal lives are just you know robbing a bank. They don't have you know just the cops they have to deal with. Oh, but it's awesome. called Minor Threats. It's awesome. Um, it's very good. It's him and Jordan Blum who did the Modoc series on Hulu. Oh, yeah. Yep. So um, it's it's great. That's just my fun little. And the art is really cool. I enjoyed it. I found it randomly through another podcast, and uh, that's my fun little. Go out and read it. But go. other than that, no, it's always a pleasure to talk um, to talk about the wars Absolutely. and uh, Ahsoka. Yeah, and man. I appreciate being on. And yeah, definitely. Maybe we'll grab you back for uh, a little down the line, depending on how everything goes, and uh, see where we're at with uh, our predictions and or our pre quote unquote preseason thoughts. Also, go Bills. That's right. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Go Bills. Um, got the Buffalo shirt on. There go you Bills. go. I got the DL44 Han Solo shirt That's, on. But, uh, mine's in the wash. <laughs> so, so, yeah, for anyone listening, uh, appreciate you hanging in there. Um, it's been been a pleasure talking to Tom. Uh, if you'd like to hear more from us, uh, follow us, the Multiverse Report, on all the social medias of various, uh, various happenings outside of twitter or x or whatever the hell they're called now where we're multiverse rpt and also don't post often uh if ever uh instagram's really the place you want to find us um also the multiverse support.com the multiverse support at gmail.com if you want to send us anything uh other than that uh, again as always we want to thank our friends over at funky town comics and vinyl uh great uh great folks over there um appreciate everything they do for us and uh you know that uh, they do for my pull list because they curate it. So uh, we're we're good to go. And um, as always, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you around the multiverse.